Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, while they're passing this out, Galatians 5 and 22, we will drop this in to our well-used text where we're kind of living this month. Galatians 5, 22, after the works of the Spirit. Remember the works of the Spirit versus the fruit of Plurality versus the fruit and the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit is love, which we talked about last week, joy, comma, peace, comma, and we'll get there. Okay? I'm going to wrap some more things together over the next couple of weeks, but really feel to talk about joy and peace together tonight. And uh, we're remembering not these as individual fruit, but attributes of the fruit of the Spirit presented to the church at Galatia during a time that local influence wanted to challenge them by law, and law that could be registered and even dictated by individuals. Listen, we've got to line up with this word. In today's, in, in this day and age we're living in, we take this word and the way it was presented to Galatian, we bring it into our modern context and we understand there are people that want to change. There are people that want to change what we know to be the full work and the necessity of the Holy Spirit. But we've got to let that Holy Spirit be at work in our life. Amen? Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you and we thank you for our time together. I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would anoint our minds, our hearts, our spirits. I pray that you would anoint our ears to hear, our minds to receive, our hearts to process. Help me to speak with wisdom and clarity. I pray it that we could teach from your word. We need your help. We can't do it without you. But we know that if you'll help us here tonight, we can grow because of our time together. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let everybody just say amen. amen. Turn to somebody before you're seated and just tell them joy and peace. You may be seated. Joy and peace. Joy and peace. Aren't we glad that joy and peace are not only relegated to Christmas? <laughs> Wouldn't it be sad? That's the only time you could get joy or peace? Was it Christmas time? When we celebrate the birth of Christ? How many think our world, though, could use a little more joy and peace? I think we'd probably stop killing each other if we could have joy and peace. I think we'd stop posturing against one another in our world if the Holy Spirit would work and there would be joy and peace. What is an attribute? It's, it's defined as that quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or an inerrant part of someone or something. So this is a portion to talk about joy and peace tonight. We cannot fully encompass the, the true depth 
of the Holy Spirit. Truthfully, I believe that there is no way that through the English language we could articulate the depth of what the Holy Spirit really is. I don't think that we have the words. I don't think, but we, we strive. We try with our finite thinking and, and we try with the strength of text. But we know that even according to text that the world could not contain the books that would speak to the goodness of God. The miraculous ability of Jesus Christ. And so, but we need these things to be on display in our life. So I want to talk about this joy attribute. The search for joy often falls prey to the astroturf effect. Hmm. Trask, in the book, one of the books that I have referenced in this series, says the common myth that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. However, when we get there, we find out it isn't grass at all. It's astroturf. But in chasing a non-realistic dream, Brother Root preached a couple Sunday nights ago about that oasis, that facade in the desert. Here's what happens. Husbands walk away from wives because they think being with someone else will make them really happy. Wives leave husbands because they think they'll be more secure with someone else. AstroTurf. People quit decent jobs, change careers, move across the country thinking that the new job, the new house, or the move is going to bring them satisfaction and some intense happiness that they're craving. The problem is cravings typically leave you let down. Most, after they make the change, find that they still have to live with themselves, and that's why they're not happy. <laughs> Woo! I tell you, it is a tough thing sometimes to sit across from someone and want to ask the question, have you ever thought you're the problem? Some of you think I know how that feels. I, I know how that feels. Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This is really important here. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The cross was not joy. <laughs> we can't read that wrong. We can't miss that in context there. The joy that was set before or the fulfillment that was set before. He endured the cross, despising the shame, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We understand that the flesh, the writer of Hebrews here, is giving us the understanding that the flesh went through a process of sacrifice. There was not joy in that process. But he endured it for the joy that the process would reveal. You do not have to love the process to love God. In fact... Loving God is typically the only thing that will get you through the process. Many of us in this room would, if we were honest at all, I'm, I'm sure you love living this way. I'm sure you love living for God. But if heaven was not on the line, you would have found something else to do with your Wednesday. Some of you are like, can we admit that? Is that, is that a, are we doing that now? Are we... 
Come on, 70 degrees. Some of you wanted to barbecue. <laughs> Wives nudging husbands. and just... But we know that it's bigger, Brother Losh. In this world, if we cater to our flesh, it is. It's vanity of vanities. It's... When he got to chapter 12 and he gets to the wrap-up, the synopsis, we get to see the true critical nature of it all. It's the eternal value. And so the joy set before is why he endured. Bishop Stephen Neal, I wanted to add this quote. It was because they were joyful people that the early Christians were able to conquer the world. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? They were persecuted, but they knew Jesus. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. They were tortured when they really begin to understand the salvific significance of their relationship with Christ. Earth meant very little. The most dangerous thing for a Christian is to get earth heavy and heaven light. It tips the scales from where we're supposed to live. Our joy, biblical joy that we're about to just kind of work through briefly, is not earth joy. It's not about your temperament. It's not about, it's not about you being able to walk around with a smile all the time. We all know those people. Some people are naturally happy all the time. Almost to a creepy level, some people. Come on. You know, they're just always happy. Just always happy. And you're thinking, what is going on with them? Now, I'm glad if you are naturally that person, it's wonderful. But we have a tendency to judge one another by our personalities. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to help edify the body. And to truly see the body of Christ be edified the fruit of the Spirit needs to be on display. So not the kind of joy that makes you happy, the kind of joy that endures the process because I know what the process is leading to. Let's talk about it a little bit. Typically in the New Testament, joy has a spiritual source such as the joy given by the Holy Spirit, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul uses the word shara. Jesus said he desires that our joy would be complete in John 15, 11, with the understanding that genuine joy, genuine joy, not popcorn joy, not microwave joy, not cotton candy joy that tastes sweet and fizzles out real quick. Okay? Because we got an entire culture that is living on cotton candy joy. That's why they're all depressed, because all of their joy is in burts. It, it, just happy, happy, it's sad. If your joy is in the earth, prepare to be disappointed. If your job holds your joy, prepare to be let down. My, my. It's the understanding that genuine joy is only understood through God by working toward the fulfillment of His will. If you believe that God has a will for your life, say amen. amen. 
then biblical joy is trusting that we can be led by the Spirit through any trial. Let me, uh, let me use one of you guys. I, I, you've, you've seen this illustration before, but let me just come here for a second. Let me, yeah, yeah, come here for one second, okay? Face that way, okay? Being led by the Spirit is in a scenario where you cannot see because the world will back you up into things. But if you are led by the Holy Spirit, if you try to do it on your own, you're just taking your chances. You're hoping you're not going to, you're going real slow. You're going to hit it anyway. Come here. See, real slow and you still almost fell. Come here now. What if I made him run backwards? No, let's not. Okay. But here's the deal. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, if you're trying to have daily communion, then when you're walking, even though the world will put things in your path, how many know that there can be the discernment? How many know that you can feel an unction? Every now and then you're caught in traffic, but it's a, it's a pause and whatever it is. How, and every now and then the Holy Spirit will just, the Holy Ghost will kind of say, hold on, move. Okay, now keep moving back. And haven't we found out many times, I never knew until I was past it what he kept me from. I never knew until it was finally in, my, in front of me what I almost destroyed myself with. Part of the fruit of the Spirit, listen, part of the fruit of the Spirit is allowing yourself to feel joy and find joy. You may be seated, thank you. Find joy in the process where you feel like you're living in reverse. You feel like it doesn't make sense. You feel like life might not make sense. Life is not supposed to make sense all the time. We've got to get that North America mentality out of our mind. You, we don't have to get it. There's one thing we got to get. We got to get God. We got to get God. We got to get this word. We got to apply it to our life. But we have got to stop dumbing down joy. I want you to be happy. I want you to feel good. I want you, but, but if it comes to happiness or holiness, choose holiness. If you really get holiness, you'll, you'll have joy. Biblical holiness, you'll have biblical joy. Amen. Praise God. As Christians, we will experience hurt. Brother Senior, it's just the truth, isn't it? Who's been through hurt in this room? Raise your hand. Wednesday night Bible study. Tell on yourself you've been through hurt. Got a report you didn't want? Yeah. You didn't ask for him to treat you that way. You didn't ask for her to treat you. didn't ask for that doctor's report. You experienced hurt because you're human. We cannot have unrealistic expectations. You know this. You understand this. But listen, as Christians... Although we experience hurt, 2 Corinthians 1.8. These are some Bible notes for you in your own time if you like to highlight and mark and work through this. We will experience weeping. Some more frequently than others. <laughs> some of you just cry easy. I cry easy. I'm emotional like that. In church, I cry really easy. Some people don't. It doesn't make me better than you. Okay? We don't, get to, we don't get to judge each other because someone weeps in the presence of God more than someone else. Maybe their tear ducts don't work at the same rate. Okay? 
Maybe they need to drink more water. I don't know, but I was here for that kid's revival. Brother Healy, a couple weeks ago, two weekends ago, was here. And I mean, I walked in on that Saturday. We just had flown in from Connecticut, and I, I, I walked in, and, and they're all, oh, I'm just waterworks, just weeping. But how many know there's good tears and there's, uh, those are the good tears, right? Don't you know that every now and then a good cry feels good? Right? Those, those, those tears in the presence of God when you're crying? I always tease about Hannah when Hannah was in intercession wanting to bear a son. I always say she was in ugly cry. Right? You know ugly cry? Alter ugly cry when the snot's just... There's that one precious saint with the tissue. Here, 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 here. Save the carpet. Here, here, here. But weeping is going to happen. We're going to get our feelings hurt. We're going to deal with things. Let's, let's read this together. I want to. John chapter 11. John chapter 11, verses 33 through 35. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Theologians have broken this apart on the weeping of Christ, speaking to uh, some want to cast all of that weeping upon the loss of the friend. Others want to cast all of that weeping on the way that, that they weep, and yet a lot of theologians land on the fact that he was weeping because of the lack of faith. But I'm going to tell you right now, in most cases, we weep over different things. They can all be right in some manner. But your example is, you will have a time of weeping. You will have a time of hurt. You will have a time of sorrow. Here's the question. It's deeper than it's going to sound, but here's the question. Can you weep and still have the joy of the Lord? I'm going to tell you, you can you can get that doctor's report. You can get that call that turns your whole life around in a moment and tears can fill your eyes, but you can still have the joy that looks beyond the current situation. Man, I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost right now. Someone needs to know that your joy is tied beyond what you're in in this moment. Praise God. How about this? As Christians, we will experience temptation. Nobody in here has lived without temptation. If you came up to me and you say, Pastor, I have never been tempted, I would say, and you've probably never had trouble with lying either. Yeah. Temptation happens. You don't have to go looking for it. It's going to find you. 
So many people, I wasn't looking for it. I didn't go out. The Bible says he has set a snare for you. It's a snare. You weren't looking. That's the reason it did trip you. It was set there to trip you. But now whether or not you give into it is up to you. Temptation does not mean giving into temptation. But you will endure temptation. To think that we're above temptation would be uh, to try to apply something that is, it's not correct. We're going to deal with concern. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. We're going to struggle with concern. We're going to have this come. But none of these things can steal. Please remember that. The great thief of our life wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But before the killing or the destruction, he wants to steal. He'll take part of you before he takes all of you. And the truth is, if he can take the attributes of the Holy Spirit, you ain't that much on your own. If we ever think that we can live successfully for God without the Holy Ghost, we fool ourselves. If he can take the, the, if he can take the Spirit of God, now you say, well, Pastor, he can't take the Spirit of God from us. No, but we can give into a lifestyle that would surrender it. It's a dangerous thing to consider that you might evict him from your house. But how many know people can backslide? I will tell you this. The average person has backslid long before they ever stopped coming to church. My, my. We experience these things, but we, we can keep the enemy from stealing that joy. How? How? How do we do this? How do we keep the joy? We know, Paul told the church, Romans 8 and 28, all things work for the good. To who? To who? To those that love God. To them that are called according to his purpose. Not my purpose. If it's about my purpose, joy will be surrendered. But if it is about his purpose. I'm going to tell you, spiritual and practical. Every now and then, you've got to look you in the mirror. Honestly, you don't need a meeting with me. You need to look you in the mirror and say, you're better than this. I'm telling you, that would go a long ways for some of us. Some of you are way too big for anybody else to smack you. <laughs> you just need a little Holy Ghost moment where you look in the mirror and you remember. Because when you remember who you are, you will find that you can bow up quick against the enemy. And you will remind him, you are not taking my joy. You're, I'm not surrendering this to you. Because typically joy is not stolen. Joy is surrendered. Yeah, but if you knew what they said to me. You chose whether or not it affected you. 
Doesn't matter how long or how old we are. Even if we're adults, temper tantrums are temper tantrums nonetheless. I'll just look down and go back to my... There should be common joy experienced by relationships and experiences in life. I want to I make sure we know that. When we're talking about joy, there are some things in life that should bring... You say, Pastor Carson said the only kind of joy that we can have is in the Holy Ghost. Living for God, there's going to be things that bring you joy. Being with your spouse should bring you joy. On some level. <laughs> some of you have temperament, you need a little alone time. Some of you spouses just now said, oh, thank God. Whew, let's get that in there. For some of you, you get common joy from the activities, the experiences in life. For some of you, the thought of going out to eat brings real joy. Right? Some of you college students are like, yes, God. Please, Lord. I can remember eating ramen noodles and thinking about steak. Remember what it used to be like. Some of you find genuine joy when you think about going to the garage and working on the car. And some of you spouses find genuine joy when they do. That's not a negative. Listen, that's not a negative. They enjoy that you enjoy it. One of the worst things that happens in relationships is when we belittle what brings us life joy. Now, if what brings you life joy is sinful, it's not life joy, it's death joy. On that, we need challenged. But if going out to eat brings joy, that's, that's part of it. But I will tell you that there are too many people trying to fill the void of Holy Spirit joy with life joy. And it's why they're like a hamster on a wheel that never gets anywhere. Does that make sense? Life joy will not fill that void that only the Holy Ghost can fill. Amen. You got to have the Holy Ghost. To have that joy and to be able to bear the joy of the Spirit. Amen. So we need that. But Christians have a unique joy by receiving and understanding salvation. That's why when someone comes to an altar, we are, do you recognize that as the church, Sister Gail, it's one of the most fascinating things for me, that the church is the only body that joins with heaven on a weekly basis if they're doing it right. When they rejoice in heaven, if we really have the joy of the Spirit, if and or when we see a sinner repent and we rejoice, we show the divine, even the heavenly attributes of joy. Isn't that spectacular to think? I know some of you have heard it for so long, but that needs to just cultivate the soil of that a little bit because many of us in this place, if we were truly honest, we've got a lot of good things going, but our joy meter is low. 
Too many of us are walking through the motions. We love God. We live for God. We're trying to be righteous. We're trying to be holy. And I will tell you this. Too often we do not pray intentionally for what we want and what we need. If you are lacking joy in your life, stop praying for joy as if it's a general prayer. Pray for the joy of the Spirit. Man, I feel something right there. We are not praying for joy as the world defines joy. We're praying for joy as only the Spirit of God can give and process not only into but through our lives. Does that make sense? If so, say amen. Amen. Let's go to the peace attribute. I'll work through this here. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Fear and anxiety are destroying our world. But we do not want some superficial peace. Same thing with life joy. We don't want life peace. Now, there are some measures of peace that can be established. Things like retirement. Things like not having to worry every time you turn the key whether or not it's starting. How many know that's a little bit of peace? Not having to wonder whether or not the bill got paid, whether the light's coming on. Some of you know what it's like to do one of these. In the name of Jesus. Okay, So there are certain elements of peace. But it does not matter what we try to achieve through this world. There is no peace like the peace of God. But we're not just talking about feeling it. We're talking about bearing. That's where I don't want us to get confused in this. The fruit of the Spirit is what we place on display. And you can never get to the fruit concept if you can't get past the seedling individually. If you're still the seed, some of us are still seedlings and have no excuse. But you can't can't produce fruit. When it comes to the peace of God, you're not only supposed to have peace of God, you're supposed to be able to produce that and bear that attribute of the fruit of the Spirit so that when people that are crazy and wild, they find peace in you. Okay? That's why we can't give in to... We cannot give in to everybody's dilemma. And everybody's... That person in your world that everything is a panic mode. Oh, I need you to pray with me. I need need you to pray this, this, this. this. Calm down. I'm not making fun of personalities. I'm telling you, some people live at, they are right, right at stroke out. Just all the time. That's it. That's the word. It's drama. Drama. Save the drama. Yeah, I knew somebody finished that. Their crisis does not have the right to disrupt you. 
They need to know you'll pray with them. They need to know you'll bind together with them. But they should be coming to you, not because you'll gather with them in crisis mode, but because when they come to you, you bear the, f- the fruit of peace. Does that make sense? If nobody at your work can think rational and bring peace to the situation, you ought to be able to walk into that boardroom full of the Holy Ghost. You ought to be able to walk into that cubicle full of the Holy Ghost. And when nothing will bring peace, you being there helps bring peace. The Greek word for peace in this verse, it it, it means more than living a life with no conflict or being quiet, still, or at rest. It's used for the calmness that a nation or a city enjoys when it's caring, competent, and secure in their leadership. William Barclay, he writes that in biblical times, villages had an official who was called the superintendent of the village's peace, the keeper of public peace. Paul writes, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God For us as believers, we know that our leader, our God, our king was declared by the prophet Isaiah as the prince of peace. Not only does he rule this world, but he has to rule our heart. He has to rule the village of your heart. The village of my mind, the spirit of God. John would later record these words of Christ. These things have I spoken unto you that in me he might have Peace in a in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I please catch that. He said, I have overcome the world. You know what he said? You stop trying to overcome the world. I did that. You find your peace in me. If we will find our peace in him. We won't worry as much about the rat race of life because we're not trying to beat the world. We're just trying to make sure that the prince of peace that has rule of my life, he is situated within me so that as I walk through, I don't up and down and ebb and flow with the the weather. My day is not destroyed if my team loses. Come on, Christians, we got to be better than that. We, we got to be better than that. We've got entire, uh, I mean, the, you can feel the mood of the city shift if the team loses. Now, I'm not against, I'm, I'm, I'm not against, if you like, I'm, I'm not against that at all. But I will tell you this, if your attitude rises and falls, ooh, this ain't very big to hide behind, but I'm getting some, Just do this right here. The, the, the peace. The peace of God in your life cannot waver based on temporal things. Amen? Amen? Philippians, in the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be Content. Content. Oh, what a biblical word we need to apply more often. Anxiety disorders. Frequent and intense anxiety 
is affecting 20 to 30 millions. The, the stats are all over the board, up and down. It's the number one mental health problem for women and the number two for men. Worry and peace cannot be friends. Okay? If peace is going to live in your heart, you've got to kick worry out. Eviction notice. They cannot be friends. Godly peace will do these things. And I'm, I'm closing. Replace anxiety with his direction. Let's just, let's just read it together. Proverbs chapter 3. She'll, she'll throw it up on the board. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to read here verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to go. As long as you know that he's got it under control. I'm not saying you're never going to feel anxiety. I'm not saying you're, you're never going to feel anxious. I'm telling you it cannot be your God. And it does not have the right to destroy your peace. And I will tell you that you hiding it will not make it go away. You got to be honest with God and you got to be honest with whoever you're accountable to. Godly peace will affect the way you deal with anger. Mm. Mm. During the whole COVID pandemic, more people suffered abuse at the hands of somewhere else. We had an absolute spike in physical abuse against spouses and against children. Poor, defenseless, innocent children. Because people don't know how to process anger. Being a Christian does not mean you won't feel angry. We miss that, folks. There, you just got to be angry. Ah. And sin not. I like the liberty to be angry. I don't really like that you hold, took the whole don't sin thing. Because when I'm angry, I want to do something. To somebody. <laughs> I want to I get better. I want to feel better. I want to I, I take it. I want to. And then I'll feel better. Wrong. Rarely do you feel better. I've never talked to one person that beat up that kid and then felt better about it. I've never talked to one, to one person that, that beat up their spouse I'm sure, I'm sure it's happened out there. But I've never sat across the table from one of them that didn't end up weeping and saying, I wish I wasn't this way. But we got to learn that the peace of God can teach us how to deal with things. Pastor Carson, you don't, you don't understand. I just got a short temper. Then you need to pray it gets longer. You do. I, you, don't, you don't get it. I, I get it. I get it. I understand. But I don't understand verbally or physically or mentally 
abusing somebody else. I understand you can get upset, but when you get upset, you need to have you a healthy routine. Mm. I can't pray my way out of it. Well, then you need a better prayer life. You need a practical, pastor, I don't have anything spiritual in that moment. It's not spiritual, it's fleshly. Then listen to me, please, listen. Then you need a flesh, practical tactic to remove you from the situation. And it's not just with spousal abuse. It's not just with child abuse. For some of you, it's the way that you snap at a friend when they actually tell you the truth. For some of us, for some of us, it's the way we act when someone else treats our child a way we don't like. Oh, am I meddling? I'm not. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to tell us and remind us. I'm talking to me and reminding you that we've got to let the peace. Other people might react that way, but not people full of the Holy Ghost. And I know it's the battle. I know it's the battle between flesh and spirit. But we've got to try to let the spirit do the work. Stand with me here tonight. I close with this last one. That it can bring calm during a season of stress. And I reference again what Brother Ben Houck spoke about on Sunday night in the two storms. And thought that was such a great a great message, a great lesson there, the tale of two storms. And I would, I would tell you that we, you probably should read those stats so that you know that you're not alone, that in the United States alone, 30 million men describe themselves not feeling stress, but actually completely stressed out. Not like I had a rough day at work. I'm talking they consider themselves to be stressed out. Here's some reasons. Men on average, 47 hours a week at work. Two-thirds of married women working outside the home work 65 to 85 hours a week trying to live up and live into something that we have established here in the United States. Think about this last one. 18 million Americans are taking Prozac. We need, we need the peace of God. Would you throw your hands towards heaven with me right now? And would you pray that the fruit of the Spirit, come on, would you pray that the fruit of the Spirit would be on display in our lives, in your life, in your home? Come on, joy and peace. Godly joy to endure. Peace, 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 peace. Not just on display in your life, but that you're bearing it, that others might find joy when they come in contact with you, that others might find peace when they come in contact. Help us, oh God, let the fruit of the Spirit be on display in my life, that the works of the flesh would be annihilated, that the works of the flesh would not be given to. Oh, let the fruit of the Spirit be on display. Everybody say joy, joy. and peace.
How many know joy and peace are things you can give to others? Amen. So that's your homework between this Wednesday and next Wednesday. Into someone else's life. Let them have the opportunity to partake of the joy and the peace that's on display in your life because of the Holy Ghost.